0: Welcome to Life on Pause, a podcast defining the experience of being a young adult with cancer.
1: Each episode, we explore issues impacting young adults in
2: and after treatment.
0: Like what you hear? Have something to add?
2: Come join us for next month's recording, the third Tuesday at 6 p.m. Hi,
1: guys, and welcome to Life on Pause. My name is Corrine, and this week we are talking about dating navigating being a cancer survivor, or just having cancer in the dating world, and just everything in between. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 16. I am currently 13 years off treatment, a nurse at Penn State Hershey, and
0: I'm really excited to
1: talk about this topic.
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Brady Lucas. I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia in 2005 at age 8. Then I relapsed in 2014. Had a bone marrow transplant in February of 2011. So I've now been off treatment for over 11 years now, which is very exciting. And I'm excited to talk about this topic as well because I know it's a much-needed, you know, elephant in the room to speak about per se for a lot of individuals. And hopefully, I can provide some guidance in this area.
3: Hi, everybody. I'm Valerie. I'm currently in treatment for Hodgkin lymphoma. I'm 28 years old um, and during treatment, um, separated from my partner that I had for five years. So I thought this topic would be interesting just more so to hear other people's experiences.
4: Hi, I'm Diana Bastida. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 19. I had an auto bone marrow transplant two years ago, then finished my treatment a year ago. So I've been recovering I guess now.
5: Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma this January and I actually just finished treatment in July, so it's pretty recent for me. And I'm 18 right now, so I'm coming from like a little bit more of an inexperienced angle. I don't have that much like dating experience, but I thought it would be really interesting to come and see what's up.
1: All right guys, so question that I think is important and interesting is all knows, cancer survivors are just going through this at the ages we did. We have this almost unique perspective on life, what we get out of it, and what we need from a partner that's kind of different from those who haven't had cancer. Like this can be a very heavy thing to deal with. How do you bring up or address the fact that you're a cancer survivor?
4: I kind of feel that right now, for me, the biggest question is trying to start dating. Just because it feels so scary. So when I got my treatment, I was 19, gonna be 20. I wasn't, I was seeing a guy, but cancer started. So I was like, I don't think it's the time to be dating. So then it was on pause for the longest time. Now I'm 24. And now it's like, how do you start dating? I think that's like the biggest issue right now for me.
0: For me, it was being very upfront and honest and transparent from the beginning. I think. You don't want to get yourself into a situation down the line. Obviously, there's certain boundaries you want to set in first and second dates, whatever that may be. But I think it's very important to be transparent and honest because you'll know right from there if you have someone that's special enough to want to go through your experience with you, whether it's you're during treatment or you're a survivor and you're going to deal with a lot of long-term side effects and things like that. And I will say, you know, as far as the long-term side effects and things like that, Fertility was one of the big things for me. I was told, you know, during as an adolescent, young adult, essentially that I may not be able to ha- ever have children, which obviously is a really early on conversation that you don't want to have to have. But for me, it was very important that I was upfront and honest with the people that I thought I don't want to say deserve to know it, but I was opening a new area of my life to them. Being that that's not something you see on the outside, but you can maybe see a cancer diagnosis or a story, but it's social media or another news outlet or something featuring you, or you self-disclosing to people. But I think being very honest and transparent with the individual and understanding their concerns and questions as well and not trying to force something that may or may not be.
1: Yeah, so I was a junior gen- I finished treatment going into my senior year of high school. And I told myself going into college, I did not want to go into college with a relationship because I kind of wanted this newfound, like clean slate. And then when I got to college, I remember on orientation, taking my picture for my ID and my hair was like a pixie cut. And I got so self-conscious. I was like, oh my gosh, like, do guys even like short hair? Like, I realized that this was a different ball game of me. If, like when I chose to date, like talking about the fact that this happened. And as I like went through college and I was probably close to the age of 21, I was like my icebreaker for talking about it would be if I had to know three things about you, what would they be? And then that was kind of my segue to be like, okay, so I had cancer when I was 16. And I'll be honest, there was people who would commend me for my journey but we're like, this was very heavy. Like, this is not something they think they could have dealt with. And I respected that. But for me, it was like being honest up front. Like, not only did I feel like I was giving someone else the opportunity to decide if this was something they could deal with, but I was giving myself like that opportunity to kind of see like what person I not only wanted to be with, but like deserves to be with.
2: What were the other two things that you told them? Set this sidebar, curiosity. So, the other two things I would always say so it
1: was, I had cancer when I was 16. My favorite food is peanut butter. Like, I need to eat peanut butter every day, and I'm scared of ladybugs. I think, too, Brady, you made a really interesting point regarding long term side effects. For me personally, it wasn't until close to my five year mark where I started experiencing long term side effects. And I'm not going to lie, I feel like until that point, I almost felt invincible like it didn't cross my mind that like long-term side effects were a thing. And then all of a sudden I actually had, I was with a boy, like my, one of like my exes at the time for almost, you know, like three years. And I actually had an like ectopic pregnancy I had no idea about. And they were like, you know, you could have decreased cilia and your fallopian tube because of cancer treatment. And that was the first time it really hit me like, Oh my gosh, like I could have kids and I do want kids. And it was this whole emotional like, this is a possibility. Like, what if this is harder for me in my life? And then one of the side effects I had is this autoimmune disease called polymyositis. So like my red and white muscle fibers will kind of like attack themselves. And I was on steroids for a very long time from that and gained like 120 pounds. And since then I've lost like 84 of that. So I'm in my home stretch of losing all that. But I had people, my ex-boyfriend, for example, would be like, Well, will the weight is the weight gonna come off faster? Or like, are the side effects ever irreversible? Like, are they ever gonna go away? And I knew that like him being so anxious about it, like my biggest thing was could this person, if I was to walk in the room tomorrow and say I have cancer again, how would they react? And if I didn't feel like that person could be there for me in the way that I needed, then, like, that was not a person
0: that I needed, like, on my team. I think, from something you said, Kareem, the selectiveness of it is at an all time high. And at least from my perspective, personally, but also people I've talked to, you're less likely to just jump into something and more likely to think about it a lot before you jump into something. And maybe it's also, an unconscious, you're picking different people that you believe could be the one long-term because you recognize that. Not that you're a liability, but to a certain point. Personally, I think that's something I struggled with a lot of the time, going as, you know, being a younger childhood cancer survivor, going to college like you were talking about and things like that are, you don't want to be a burden to someone and making sure that the person that you're with long-term And being engaged now, it's a different story. But I think recognizing, obviously, that person's a very special person. And that was one of the biggest things, I think, for me to move through.
1: Yeah, there's a point for me, even I remember being at the first day of orientation. And I had this, like, mini breakdown in my dorm room. Because I was like, am I defective? Like, is this something that is going to, like, you know, like I beat cancer, like I'm, I got through it so well. And I, for, I, for a second felt that I wasn't almost like as good enough as other people in like a normal setting because of like what I had gone through and like huge now. So I'm 30 and my boyfriend Andrew's 33. And in one of the first convos we had, he asked me, you know, if I wanted kids, And what was funny was he was like, I probably shouldn't have asked such a loaded question for asking your last name. And I told him how I always wanted to be a mom that, but I try not to hyper-focus on the possibility of that just because of my history and the obstacles. And I could be a high risk. And I watched the three dots on the iPhone go off and waiting for his response. And I was like, Oh, this is it. Like this is, we're done. And his response back was no shot. You won't be a good mom someday. Or somehow there needs to be more people with your strength, kindness, and determination in this world. And we went on our first date and it was just electricity for me. And like, he became over time, like my best friend and we got through scam week together. We got through a cancer scare together. Like, and he Literally, I know that if I walked through that door and said I was sick again, he would be like, what is the first thing that we need to do? And I could say that I have genuinely never met another human in my life like Andrew. And no matter how like stoic I act or what's going on, like he calms my fears related to life after cancer. And like one bad day with him is better than like
3: a good day, kind of like with anyone else. Such beautiful wording. same. <laughs>
0: I would be interested to hear, and I don't want to call anybody out specifically, but anybody that's willing to answer from Elizabeth, Diana, or Valerie, what are some of the things you're worried about dating post cancer diagnosis or treatment?
5: So, Kareem kind of touched on it before, but like not having hair right now has been so hard for me to deal with. Like, I don't know, like I feel like sometimes I just look in the mirror and like, It just doesn't even feel like myself at times. So I feel like going into this whole new environment, like I'm going to college this fall, I feel like it's just going to be really difficult for me to adapt. Like, I guess it might be a good thing to like wean some guys out that would like care about that superficial stuff. But like, to me, I just feel like it's really going to hurt my self-confidence. And like, I'm not going to want to have to wear a wig all the time. And like, even when I do wear a wig, like I still feel like it's not, really me so I feel like that's definitely like my biggest fear
3: I can not agree with Elizabeth so this is like me wearing like my halo because that's how I feel comfortable seeing myself I have a wig but I hate seeing myself because the top never fits right so at least with the cap like it fits like I feel like more like myself but then it's like okay so for me I'm a little bit I'm older so it's like I'm in the older dating region and so I'm a a spot where it's just like, how do I introduce my people do I wear my and stuff? And then at what point do I say this isn't also me, but this is me? That makes sense. So it's just more so I feel like me and you really, it's like a very much a hair and how we perceive ourselves and how even if I think of myself now, I still picture myself with like long hair, like I don't picture myself when I think of myself as now someone who has like, I have very, very, very short hair. Even I myself don't relate myself now is really without here. And so how is I just not express that?
2: I think in society in general, there's a lot of pressure on certain age groups in your 20s, like to be partnered. You know, it's the question you hear from your family, oh, is there someone special? And that exists whether you have cancer or not. And then if you're not currently partnered. You start to run through stories in your head about why that might be. But then the cancer diagnosis gives you a whole nother stories or tapes that aren't particularly helpful, but are are real fears to run. I didn't know if that rang any bells for anybody.
4: I think I kind of get what she said. I really liked it because if I get it right, you kind of wanted to run from like people at times because you weren't sure if you were going to be okay. And I feel like for me, that's kind of like the thing I'm like struggling right now. It's been a year, July, I had my uh, one-year scan. So it was very scary. Like I told my mom, I was like depressed, I guess, but also scared, nervous, like a lot of things because I'm like finally starting like college. I actually have a stable job. Like there's a bunch of things that I feel like I struggled for the longest time. So like getting a scan is like, So, is life going to keep being normal or is something going to change? So, dating somebody also kind of makes you think like starting to date somebody. What if, like, all of a sudden I get sick? I mean, I feel like more positive about it, but it's still something like I think about often of like, can or do I want to be in somebody's life? Like, I feel like I'm kind of okay with my life right now. I'm trying to push myself to start dating, but I will say it's very difficult. I've found myself to be very picky now. So it's very like scary, I guess.
1: I didn't know exactly what you mean regarding like, I call it scan, scan anxiety.
4: like leading up to scan
1: week. It doesn't matter how many times it happens or how good I'm feeling. Like I think as cancer survivors and just everything we've gone through, like we are almost programmed to like hope for the best and expect the worst. Like I never go into a scan or an appointment saying we are 100% okay. Because in my mind, I'm like, if for some reason, there's that chance that I'm not like, I don't want to be wrecked. And with dating, for me, it was like, I don't want to get fixated on this idea of being a mom or fixated on this idea of like a happy life. Like for the longest time, I almost like blocked myself from thinking that I could have that because of like what I went through. It's funny. Like I look back and my freshman year of college, like honestly, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't rock my pixie cut more. I would hide it with a wig. And I look back and I was like, my hair was such an identity piece for me. Like, that's what made me feel pretty. And that's what made me feel like attractive. And it's, you know, how people say that, like, oh, when you get older, things change, but they really do. Like, going into my 20s and your different phases of life, like, you just look and you realize like what matters to you. And Like looking back, like I realized that I always was a beautiful human being inside now. And that whole like inside matters more than outside. Like it's so hard to see past that when you're going through it. But just dating and meeting people, like I think in our, our day and age too, is like this whole idea of meeting someone organically is not foreign, but like, let's be honest, most people are on dating apps like no one's like oh I met this met this one at a bar I met this one at the grocery store in the ice cream aisle over Ben and Jerry's like it's so hard to just be like I met this person through someone and I remember on those dating apps like I would get such anxiety about what to put in the profile like you're how do I market myself as like a cancer survivor almost and I remember I would just put like a gold ribbon and I would put like the, sh- the strength emoji and then that like, let that be a talking point. But I think we wouldn't be who we are without that anxiety. But at the same time, like that anxiety is also a piece of strength for us. Like it's almost like our secret weapon because we get this perspective of like dealing with something tough. And if someone else can deal with that, then like they are on kind of like our level.
4: I wanted to ask a question that I'm curious with you guys. Do you think we change the qualities that we're looking for? Because I mean, I kind of sometimes do feel like it, but it's very complicated. Like you said, dating apps, like I'm trying, but it's complicated. I just wanted to hear from you guys.
0: I will say as an individual that was diagnosed very young, I definitely knew what I wanted I think long term so perspective wise yes 100% Diana I think for me and ironically enough I ended up with a nurse long term so I think for me it really was the relationships that I formed throughout my very early years of my life that wanted me to focus on being with someone that was in the medical care area just given the passion that nurses have and the empathy and just being the best people in the world really made me want to be with a nurse, I think, long term. And I'm forever grateful that I am with a nurse because she's the better 99% of our relationship. But that's besides the point. It's more of, I think they really do understand, um, not that you have to be with a nurse or a certain characteristic, but I think we are in a way more picky, but it's also, Picky in a good way when you find the right person, it's the right person long term.
1: I will say, I used to be like fixated on this like checklist I had created for myself. Like, I was like, okay, needs to make me laugh. Like, maybe not too muscly, but like borderline dad bod. So I feel better about myself. Or like, I had all these different criteria. And then the older I got, like, that would change. Like, it shifted from. Yes, I want someone that can make me laugh, but could this person like be someone I eat a peanut butter and jelly with at 11 o'clock after like an event on the couch watching reruns of friends? Like, could this person like, could I envision this person running around with like my child in a backyard and me realizing I don't think I could have ever loved someone more in my life? I will say that it's so true. Like, the second you stop looking for everything you think you're looking for, it comes to you. And Not that, like, Andrew checks off all my boxes and more, but I couldn't tell you that, like, if you put Andrew and I in a room prior to our first interaction, like, what I have said that, like, that is where I would have gone? I don't know. But I'm a very firm believer in, like, you go through life and you pick up people in different parts of your life. And then, like, you can meet someone, like, I have met friends now at the age of 30 who are, Better friends than some people I've known for 10, 15 years. And you'll know who, like, your people and your tribe are. And that includes, like, the same thing with guys. Like, you'll know who is just, like, essential to your being. I have a question. What do you guys think is the biggest, your personal, like, biggest fear regarding dating in a sense of something to talk about with, like, a long term side effect? Like, is it fertility? Is it just having to deal with the possibility of long-term side effects? Is it like, what would you say is like one thing that scares you the most going into like a serious relationship?
5: I feel like for me right now, currently, it might just be like the guilt that I would feel like bring all of this, like, I don't know, like baggage into like a future relationship. Cause I feel like it's a lot of trauma to like, kind of dump on someone and like talk to about them. Cause if. You're in a serious relationship with someone and you want to share like every aspect of your life with them. This is obviously going to come up and you're going to like go into details. And I just like, I wouldn't want to make someone else feel bad because of all I experienced, if that makes sense. I think
4: for me, it's just talking about it. Like, even thinking about, like, you said, I feel like now you got to think more about long long term. So that's kind of difficult, like, saying, what's my long term? Like, what will my life look like in the future? I feel like I'm constantly like relearning my life again. So I'm still kind of like getting to know who I am. So I feel like I don't even know who I am sometimes. So just like going through it, I guess. I don't know. Brady, I wonder
2: what Elizabeth said had resonated with you at all. Like, was that a weight that you felt carrying into your relationship with Julia?
0: Yeah, 100%. Commitment was... Not Brady Lucas at all. I was very good at entering, but then long term, I think was very hard for me. And when you talked about specifically being a burden to someone, that definitely was one of the things that I always worried about. It took me a while to figure that out through seeing a psychologist and having conversations with other people and then eventually Julia long term about kind of bringing down those barriers. And I think it's really hard for survivors of anything, whether it's cancer or another illness or something like that, to not feel that we have baggage. But then something that always brought me back was everybody has baggage. We just think it's worse because we perceive it that way. And I think that was a big thing with me too, when I flipped the switch, as far as the commitment piece is... Me, Shelly, Kareen, Valerie, Diana, Elizabeth, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We have the same likelihood of waking up tomorrow, whether we have cancer or not. So for me, it was commitment is the same way for everyone. And we really just have to move to the next step moving forward. So it definitely resonates a lot with me. And I was in very similar shoes to you entering college and trying to figure out, what do I look like to my peers? How do I perceive myself? How do they perceive me? And looking at the mirror and saying, who do I want to be as a human being? And how do I want the world to see me? So then someone hopefully in the world sees me that way and I can fall in love with.
1: There is this, I mean, I guess it's considered it could be an old schooler song now. It's called Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. It was like the theme song of the hills and like we're going to be the longest time. But one of like the song lyrics is the rest is still unwritten. And I think that's one of the things that sometimes like we forget about as cancer survivors, but is just this kind of amazing thing that has happened because of what we've gone through is like, we get to kind of rewrite our own story. Like we get this opportunity to reinvent who we are because of what we went through. And like, the truth is, is like, we live life with this possibility of like, what could happen like you know like everyone like Brady had said like we don't know what tomorrow brings and if tomorrow is promised but like we have this unique perspective of like we know what it's like for that to almost like go away but kind of whether it's with dating or anything in life like the in, the rest of your life is literally still unwritten and how you choose to define those chapters and what words you put on those pages is entirely up
2: to you Valerie completely optional but you're dating at a different, um, stage of life than a lot of the panelists here. Is there anything from your experience that might be helpful to like put out in the podcast for other young adults, um, in their late twenties?
3: So, like I said, like, I'm still in treatment and haven't really started dating yet, but seeing how I put myself out there, but some of the kind of comments that like everybody else here Dating online, like what do you put to kind of like advertise yourself, and so like someone putting like the ribbon with the strong or all those things, or just Brady saying like you know like in the first like date or two, just kind of like addressing it, or all just things that are like coming into my head and thinking about how I'm going to be presenting myself in the future, and so I don't have much to say, but besides that, um, there's
0: hope. It's definitely terrifying. I, I will agree a hundred percent with that, and. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's scary. But you have a lot of individuals alongside of you that have been there that are willing to help. And people do understand it isn't that everybody doesn't want to be understanding.
2: Kareen, I think you're the one that has probably dated the most until you found Andrew. I have no idea the answer to this. Do you think it's worth just like throwing yourself out and practicing a few dates, even if the guy that you pick on the, the app is not like, it's not, in, you know, he's okay. But just to like schedule a practice couple dates, like what, what are your thoughts?
1: So funny enough, when this was maybe, and I wish I never got rid of it. So I had kind of just like timeline. So 16 got cancer, was 18 going into college graduated Westchester when I was one T I had just turned like 22 and then started my advanced nursing program so like I didn't really become a grown-up like I say until I was like 24 and I moved to Philly so you know small town grown a big city dated from the time I was 24 like in between 24 to 30 and then I met Andrew but I had a blog and I called it shambles and it was just about like life and i had this blog post called adventures of dating and i will tell you that i have met some of the best people and some of the worst people just by putting myself out there usually you'd leave with at least a good conversation sometimes you know a good drink or meal or <laughs> sometimes you would leave and be like wow i never want to meet another human being like that again but i think that we like kind of how Brady said, how it's terrifying. Like, isn't it ironic that we beat cancer and we have gone through chemo and we could be poked with needles times over and over again. but We are scared of just saying like, hi, could this be something that like affects you and me? And I think that before Andrew, I had two other more serious relationships and the rest were just kind of dating in between it's kind of like, you don't really know what you're looking for until you realize what you're not looking for. Like there were so many times where I was like, Oh, this is definitely something I want a guy. And then I would go on a date with someone who I thought that was what I wanted. And I was like, Oh, absolutely not. Like, this is not it. And you also too, like, I feel like taking that time to just date and meet people. I realized I also needed to take time to just like, love myself and reinvent myself and it was probably around the time of I was like 27 where I just took a break from dating and really focused on myself and like that's when I got super into like back into fitness and like dropping the steroid weight and like I started traveling and in like 2 years I went to four countries and it's really true what they say that the best relationship you can have like with anyone is with yourself and if you can't be the best version of you for you then like, you're not going to be able to be the best version of you for someone else. But if someone else
2: can't handle you at your worst, then they don't deserve you at your best. I nominate Kareem for um, a dating advice column. That was a good line.
4: I, w- I want to say I really feel inspired. Well, hey, you ever need a girl
1: to talk to or any advice on anything, I am an open book for anything. And I have been I, w- I have to go on my own computer. I have to have saved the post. But really, like, I think everyone, whether you're a cancer survivor or not, has been there where you're just like, that's it. Why couldn't it just be like the 1950s where someone just called my house phone and, you know, opened the door and asked me if I wanted to go for like a stroll. Like, it's so hard. And then not only that, add societal pressure, add this like, well, if you're not engaged by 22 and having kids by this age, and let's be honest, as cancer survivors, we're all, we all know that like, Chemo took a hit on our bodies in some way, shape, or form. So then we have that like thoughts and anxiety. Now, I think that regardless of whether, like I said, like you have had cancer or not, like, and Valerie had said this before too, that you just have to have hope. And I think one of the biggest things, you know, not even just through Penn State Hershey and the Four Diamonds, but in general, is like, it's like hope is like your inner fire. And you have to like use that inner fire to like find your strength and find your voice and just like, put yourself out there.
3: So what would each of you
2: tell someone else or need to remind yourself on a rough day?
4: I think Corrine said it, which I feel like sometimes you will have like worse day than others, just loving yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things because as a cancer patient, your body's constantly changing and there's going to be days where you're like, it just doesn't feel like me. And then so just loving yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned. And I keep learning whenever I'm having like a rough time being
5: patient. I would definitely want to like kind of like piggyback off of that. Like always like be kind to yourself. And like if something doesn't work out the way you planned, like know that it's probably not your fault. And just like kind of trying to take the blame off of yourself because There's a lot of things that we have in our lives that are out of our control, especially because of going through cancer. So just kind of like take a step back and realize that it's not your fault.
1: I would say that kind of exactly what Elizabeth and Diana said, like
5: be gentle
1: to yourself and remember that like, it's about the journey and not the destination. Like how you get to where you're going to end up going, like is so much more important than the focus on where you're going to end like where you'll be so just like remember how like where you came from how far you've come and like kind of like what i said earlier like the rest is still unwritten like where you could end up is up to you it could be kind of out of your control but like that journey along the way is like what is going to propel you
0: forward thanks for listening to life on pause
1: ideas or suggestions for future episodes feel free to share them with us Join us for the next recording on the third Tuesday of the month. Until Until next time. time.